leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty alongside Anthony Brown. I am Garrett Bouguet, and this is actually take number two of this episode. Uh, we uh, we started recording, and then my computer decided that it was time for Windows updates, and they didn't care that we were recording a podcast. Uh, so uh, for that. <laughs> we're going to be uh, you know repeating a couple of things. Uh, but uh, you know we're we're happy to do it. We're excited to bring this episode. On this episode, we're going to be talking about. Uh, LeBron James' 20 greatest uh, playoff achievements. Uh, this is our MJ vs. LeBron discussion, part four. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed Michael Jordan's 20 greatest achievements. And, uh, you know, despite how, you know, in love <laughs> I know you are, Anthony, with Michael Jordan, I, you know, I, I, I got the impression that even just going over those numbers and those performances, you were still just kind of blown away by it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very high efficiency, volume scoring. We're talking 50 points, high 40s, most of these games. Uh, you talked about having to throw out some of these games that were, you know, maybe only scored 38 points. Yeah. You know, but also very high in assists and, you know, steals and stocks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and uh, I uh, putting these lists together, I spent a great deal of time working on both of the lists and uh, yeah, as you mentioned, one of the things with MJ was, yeah, I had to just not include a bunch of really high-scoring games. With LeBron, it was kind of different, where it was more of a, um, oh, this was a game where he had 24 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and shot like 8 of 12 from the field. But I can't include that. Right. <laughs> Crazy know? high efficiency, yeah. Yeah, with pretty good, solid numbers across the board. Uh, so, you know, again, showing the difference in the two players, which is which is fun, which is why the debate is very interesting as well. Right. Um, so we're going to we're gonna, gonna kind of do it in a similar fashion that we did the, uh, the Michael Jordan one, where uh, I made this list from 20. We'll count down from 20 to 1. Uh, I've got, uh, you know individual games and then some series performances as well uh and uh also i should uh, i should emphasize uh, to the audience that uh, you anthony do not know this list yet um nope. you uh you will be surprised as uh, as they are finding out you will be finding out as well <laughs> so uh without further ado let's get this underway uh at number 20 i've got uh, some first round demolitions against some inferior competition that lebron put on some some people. Uh, I've got four games listed here. The first one, I've got a 2008 first round game six against the Washington Wizards. Uh, the Wizards were a 43 win team led by Anton Jameson. Uh, LeBron in this game 
put up 27 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 10 of 10 from the line, 13 rebounds, 13 assists, and 2 steals in the series clinching win. Uh, so, you know, not only coming up clutch on the road, uh, but again, putting up a big triple-double, which, you know, we didn't see much of that from Jordan. Not as much. <laughs> yeah, and I assume with this list we're going to see a lot more triple-doubles from LeBron. Yes. Um, the second one we've got is the 2009 first-round Game 1 against the Detroit Pistons. Now, this Pistons team was a 39-win team. Uh, they didn't have many holdovers from those great teams that made, I believe, six straight conference finals in the mid-2000s. Uh, but they still had Tayshawn Prince, a couple of solid players. Uh, but in this game, one against Detroit, LeBron put up 38 on 13 of 20 from the field, 11 of 14 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Uh, the next game we've got is uh, when LeBron went to Miami, 2013 first round game four against the Milwaukee Bucks at Milwaukee. Uh, this was a 38-win team. LeBron put up 30 points, 13 of 20 shooting, 4 of 7 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and 5 turnovers in the win. And, uh, you know, one of the things that kind of stands out the, the first couple of games, LeBron actually shot pretty well from the free-throw line, mm -hmm. but you'll notice a lot of these where LeBron's biggest weakness in comparison to Jordan uh, may be the free-throw shooting, where he's been around right. a 74% free-throw shooter for his career. Mm -hmm. uh, so he struggled with that a little bit, but uh, still putting up monster numbers there. Uh, the final one here for number 20, I've got 2014 first-round Game 2 against the Charlotte Hornets, uh, which were a 43-win team. He put up 32 points on 11 of 17 from the field, 9 of 12 from the free-throw line, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, and 4 turnovers in the win. Now going to, uh, to number 19, we've got the 2014 Eastern Conference Semifinals, Game 4, uh, at the Brooklyn Nets, and the Brooklyn was a 44-win team that year. Uh, in this game, LeBron, uh, this feels a little bit more like MJ, right. uh, 49 points on 16 of 24 from the field, 3 of 6 from downtown, 14 of 19 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, and 3 steals in the Heat victory. Yeah. Um, awesome. the uh The other thing that I thought was interesting as well is, you know, a lot of people... Uh, you know, again, with the recency bias, we'll look at LeBron and say, oh, he doesn't get to the free throw line as much as MJ did, that sort of thing. But, okay. you know, you look at a game like this where he gets to the line 19 times. Yeah. And also, when we'll get into later some early LeBron games where he was younger, more athletic, and more relentlessly attacked the basket, where right. he attempted a ton of free throws. It's just been maybe a little bit more recently where he doesn't attack the basket quite as much, and even when he does... He isn't quite as athletic to hang in the air as, as much and maybe right. create some of that contact. Um, moving up now to, uh, to number 18, we've got the 2015 Eastern Conference Semifinals Game 5 versus the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Bulls were a 50-win team. You know, they had an up-and-coming Jimmy Butler, uh, but they also had some of the older uh, guys mm -hmm. like Derrick Rose and Joaquin Noah that made that team pretty good in that 2011 season when Rose won the MVP. Right. Uh, but this was a really competitive series, a, a series I think a lot of people forget about on that path the Cavs took to get to the finals in 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, and don't forget, too, that this 2015 run was also 
a season in which Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were hurt at various times throughout the playoffs. Right, right. Um, But the Cavs found themselves down 2-1 in the series, and Game 4 ended up being a defensive slugfest, and LeBron hit a game winner along the baseline at the buzzer to tie the series at 2 and then going back home to Cleveland for Game 5, it was a crucial game, and LeBron brought it. He came with 38 points on 14 of 24 from the field, 9 of 12 from the line, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks in the win. Wow. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> well, and you know, the, yeah. the whole stock stat that Bill Simmons right. uh, you mm. know, has where the steals plus blocks, putting up 6 of those... Really, really impressive stuff. Uh, Moving now on to number 17, we've got the 2006 first round against the Washington Wizards. Uh, The Wizards were a 42-win team, but kind of an up-and-comer. You know, they had the likes of Gilbert Arenas, who was a really great player uh, for a short period of time. He had some injuries that derailed his career. Uh, But they had Anton Jameson, Karan Butler, Antonio Daniels. You know, a pretty pretty solid offensive team. Uh, And... Uh, in in 2006, this was also a pretty young LeBron. You know, this was his third year in the league, his first experience in the playoffs. The Cavs barely missed out on the playoffs his first two seasons. Yeah. Uh, but for a guy at about 21 years of age, uh, he put up some monster numbers in this series. Uh, in Game 3 at Washington, he scored 41 points on 16 of 28 from the field, 3 of 5 from downtown, 6 of 9 from the free throw line, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, and four turnovers. He also was clutch in this game as well. He had a go-ahead land with about 30.7 seconds left. Washington came back and took the lead, but then LeBron uh, got the game-winning lay-in with about 5.7 seconds left. Uh, Might have gotten away with a travel going back and looking at the actual replay. Uh, He kind of made a jump stop and then did a two step throughs uh so you know it definitely should have been called a travel but at the end of a game a referee's probably more likely to to hold on to his whistle and not blow right. it um, yeah but uh you know he still had a really tough finish he had a jump in the air and uh, brendan haywood i believe uh you know had the verticality made him bump off his chest lebron still was able to finish it off the glass for the win uh, so real clutch play there uh, looking at Game 4, uh, also at Washington, LeBron, amazing again, 38 points, 13 of 23 from the field, 7 of 12 from downtown, 5 of 7 free throws, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and uh, you know, just like we did with Michael Jordan, we mentioned some of the negative stats, uh, <laughs> 7 turnovers, uh, and that was in a losing effort. Gotcha. Yeah, it's really... Um looking at that 7 of 12 from the three-point line. Uh, you know, 2006, this is a time where, I guess, two of the, the maybe the criticisms of LeBron, one that maybe he's not clutch, and mm-hmm. one that he can't shoot threes. He can't shoot from the outside. We see the first game, he's very clutch with yes. the two, you know, go-ahead buckets to help the team, and then with this 7 of 12, um, he can definitely shoot. Right, and yeah, I would I would say the the biggest difference in LeBron's game in terms of his jump shot over the years is uh, back in his early days he was more of a streaky shooter, whereas now he's developed it to a point where he's pretty consistent with the jumper. Uh, but yes, he was he was more than capable of having these nights where he got hot from downtown right. and was able to make seven threes. And 
And, you know, another interesting comparison between, uh, you know, LeBron and Jordan, again, just the prevalence of three-point shooting right. in the league today versus, and even in the league in 2006, versus when Jordan played in the 90s. A lot more three attempts, you know, not only individually but team-wide. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you're going to see a little bit more of these games where LeBron is shooting threes, where going over the list for Jordan, there's only one or two I can even remember there was, right. of course, the 92 finals game where he hit, I believe it was six threes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I can't really think of any games where it was like, oh, he hit more than like two threes in this game. Me either, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, the, uh, the, the other interesting and amazing performance in this series was uh, game five uh, versus uh, Washington. Uh, he put up 45 points, 14 of 23 from the field. 17 of 18 from the free throw line. Wow. <laughs> Seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, and four turnovers. And he also had another game winner in this one. Uh, he uh, he caught the ball in the left corner, drove baseline, and finished a reverse lay-in with .9 left in overtime to win wow. the ball game. Uh, so real clutch performances from LeBron. And, and Cleveland won three of the of their four games by a single point. So that just shows you, you know, you think like, oh, it has to be a seven-game series for it to be truly competitive. That's not really true. Like Washington, you know, played about as good as you could in a six-game loss, but just couldn't win those close games. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I think is uh, just interesting to point out is Gilbert Arenas. You know, he was the Wizards star, and, you know, people watching the NBA now may have forgotten about him. Uh, because he you know, he shined for such a short period of time, um, but he was such a great player that season specifically, and for the series, he averaged 34 points per game, five and a half rebounds, 5.3 assists, 2.2 steals, and shot about 43 percent from downtown. He was uh, he was quite a great player, and in Game Six, the game where uh, you know the Cavs had them against the ropes. Uh, they were down three with about five seconds left, and uh, he caught a pass from about 35 feet and hit a three-pointer to tie the ball game wow. uh, and send it into overtime, which the Wizards eventually lost. But, uh, you know, Gilbert Arena is such a special player and one of those guys where you think, oh, this guy's young and he's amazing. I'm going to see this guy for years to come. But right. really, this was kind of the peak of, of Gilbert Arenas, which was sad. It really was. At number 16, we've got the 2012 Eastern Conference Semifinals versus the Indiana Pacers. And uh, I, I made sure to uh, to note that in 2012, because of the NBA lockout, that the records are a little bit skewed because there were 16 fewer games for each team. Uh, so the, the Pacers won 42 games, but they were 42-24. and 24. Uh, So essentially, I figured out how to translate that into an 82-game schedule. So essentially, this Indiana team's a 52-53 to win team. Uh, and in this uh, in this semifinal series, uh, LeBron put up 30 points per game, 10.8 rebounds, 6.2 assists, 2.7 steals on 50.4% shooting and 72.5% from the free throw line. And a couple of individual games that were pretty noteworthy. Uh, game four at Indiana, the Heat were actually down in the series, two games to one. Uh, I believe they were playing without Bosch, which you know limits that Heat team quite a bit. Uh, they were they were pretty top heavy, you know, with uh, with Bosch, uh, Wade, and LeBron, especially 
uh, in those those first couple of seasons. Right. Um, but you know, in 2013, they had added Ray Allen as well, and uh, I believe 2012 was the first year they added uh, Shane Battier. So they were slowly but surely over the the course of that four years building up that bench. Uh, but in that game four where the Heat were down two games to one, and this is in Indiana, he put up 40 points on 14 of 27 from the field, 12 of 16 from the line, 18 rebounds. Wow, okay. Nine assists, two steals, two blocks, and five turnovers in the Heat win. 18 rebounds, that's that's impressive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then in the Game 5 mm. victory uh, versus the Pacers, he put up 30 points, 12 of 19 from the field, 2 of 4 from downtown, 4 of 4 from the charity stripe, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, and 4 turnovers. Moving on to, uh, to number 15 now, we've got the 2010 Eastern Conference Semifinals, Game 3 at the Boston Celtics. Mm. And the Celtics were a 50-win team. This, of course, was uh, you know the final series of LeBron's tenure with the Cavs, the right. first go-around. Uh, but this Game 3 gave the Cavs Cavaliers a 2-1 edge in the series, and he was brilliant. He put up 38 points on 14 of 22 from the field, 2 of 3 from the three-point line, 8 of 9 from the charity stripe, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, two blocks, and they won the game in blowout fashion. Wow. Uh, but it was the final win of the series for the Cavs as they lost the final three. Yeah, this was an interesting series. I know both of us watched this one, too. And what made it so confusing, these next, uh, the games that came after Game 3, was just how good LeBron was, you know, up through Game 3. You know, yes. like you said, he had an amazing game here and then was just terrible for a few games almost like he didn't want to be out there well and going back and and watching some of this i also watched a little bit of his uh first round series against the chicago bulls that season okay and he was he was brilliant in that series as well it's one of those series that i had to leave off the list but it was it was a tough exclusion right uh but (laughs) at the end of that series he did suffer uh, what appeared to be a right elbow injury. Okay. And at the end of Game Six of that, or no, I believe it was Game Five of that series in which the Cavs won. Yeah. Uh, he shot his first free throw right-handed, made it, and the, that put the Cavs up four and kind of put the game away. He shot the second free throw with his left hand. Really? Yes. Did he make it? He did not. <laughs> I was like, that would be really <laughs> impressive. Um. So. That kind of gave you an indication, oh, maybe his his elbow is not right. Okay. Uh, and, and that injury sort of, you know, that was a lot of people that question, oh, why did he perform so poorly in those final couple of games of that Celtics series is, oh, well, maybe he did have a serious elbow injury. Yeah. But then I look at this game three and say, <laughs> well, how is he shooting two or three from downtown, eight or nine from the free throw line? 14 of 22, like, he was brilliant and seemed to be perfectly healthy in that game. It was just, uh, and it kind of goes to show you that a lot of times when a player plays poorly, that's when people come up with the injury excuses. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, But but nonetheless, that was a brilliant game in Boston, uh, and that was a pretty good Boston team, despite the fact that... uh, you know, KG had 
had gone through a uh, ACL injury in 2009, but you know that was still the Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, right. Big Four. You know that was that was pretty devastating for a few years. Right. Who who ended up? Sorry to put you on the spot. Who ended up winning the championship? That so year? in 2010, that was the Lakers. Lakers. They beat this Boston team in seven games. Got you. And that wow. was it. Was a tight seven games as well. So that Celtics team ended up getting really close to the championship. Wow. Uh, moving on to uh, to number 14 now, we've got the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals Game 3 versus the Detroit Pistons. Now, uh, again, this is uh, the Detroit team that won 53 games. This was their, uh, so they made the conference finals, I believe, in uh, 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, and 08. So wow. six consecutive <laughs> finals. Um, so this was the, the fifth of their six consecutive runs. Uh, to the semifinals, essentially. Uh, so, you know, more towards the end of their run. And this was also the first year they didn't have Ben Wallace. Ooh. They replaced Ben Wallace with a, with Chris Webber, who, you know, was, uh, I think, an upgrade offensively, obviously, sure. but, uh, you know, didn't provide that rim protection and that toughness and yeah. that rebounding that Ben Wallace the did. energy, yeah, you're right. Um, but, but nonetheless, you know, still a team with Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, you know, a really solid team. Uh, in this game three, uh, LeBron put up 32 points, 12 of 21 from the field, 2 of 3 from downtown, 6 of 9 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, and 2 steals in the win. And this was also a, a game that was a must win. They were down 2-0 to start the series. Wow. I, I was kind of interested going in to see how many of those we'd see with, like, a must-win situation. Because, again, the yes. narrative that we were all being told at, at that age, at 2007, well, he's not clutch, he can't come up big for his team. And I think maybe that's just a little bit of the Jordan lovers just hating on LeBron. Yeah, Because we've right. seen throughout his career when the, the chips are down, when his team needs him to, uh, to come through, he always ends up coming through. Yeah. Or usually. Right. <laughs> Except for like those two series that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, uh, which we'll get to at some point here. Ooh, um, okay. But uh, moving forward to number 13 now, mm. uh, are you uh, are you impressed thus far with the list? Oh, yeah. No. Um, interesting comparisons uh, between these two lists. Both all-time great lists so far. So. Yes. Um, so number 13, we've got the 2013 NBA Finals Game 4 at San Antonio. Now, of course, this that series was the series in which the Miami Heat ended up eventually winning in seven games. Uh, that was a great San Antonio team. They won 58 that season. Uh, and in Game 4, the Spurs were up 2-1. This was in San Antonio. Pretty much a must-win again. You know, you talk about coming up clutch when your team needs you to. Uh, in this game, LeBron put up 33 points. 15 of 25 from the field, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks in the Heat win. And again, you you also have to mention in this series, he's being guarded by Kawhi Leonard, still able to go 15 of 25. That's very impressive. Wow. Um, moving on to number 12 now, we've got the 2012 NBA Finals Game 5 versus the mm. Oklahoma City Thunder. Of course, this was the game in which the Heat clinched their first championship, uh, and the the Oklahoma City Thunder were forty seven and nineteen that season, which again that was the lockout shortened year, uh, right. which that essentially translates to about a fifty eight win team. So really, really good team, you know, with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden and Serge Ibaka, 
really young, up-and-coming, talented group. Uh, and in this game five clincher for Miami, uh, he put up tw- LeBron put up 26 points, nine of 19 from the field, eight of nine from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, two blocks, and six turnovers. Uh, en route to his first championship of his career. This was also the game in which. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Mike Miller just went crazy from downtown. Oh. He hit seven of eight of his three-point attempts. Wow. That helps. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, LeBron with 13 assists. I'm sure Mike Miller helped him with a few of those. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, LeBron obviously excellent in that series. And, and that was a really interesting series as well. You know, Oklahoma City won the first game. And that was also when the... The NBA Finals was the 2-3-2 format. Okay. So Oklahoma City with home court got the first two games. And then 3-5 through five went, were in Miami. And the Heat were able to steal game two in a tight one in Oklahoma City. And then were able to win all of their home games. So, uh, you know, in a usual series, Oklahoma City would have gotten a third home game. Right. But because of the 2-3-2 format, they were never able to get back home. Wow. Uh, moving on to uh, to number 11 here, we've got the 2013 Eastern Conference Finals Game 1 versus the Indiana Pacers. Uh, this was also a series that uh, the Pacers pushed the Heat to seven games. Uh, and the Pacers were a 49-win team, but an up-and-coming team as well with Roy Hibbert, who was a real dominant force at that time. The league right. hadn't figured out how to run off him <laughs> off the floor quite yet. Right. Uh, and then you also had an up-and-coming Paul George, who was really good. David West, really solid power forward. George Hill at point guard. You know, just right. Lance Stevenson probably in his career season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a solid really solid team, team especially defensively. Uh, and LeBron in this game one victory for uh, for the Heat. He put up 30 points on 12 of 24 shooting, 2 of 6 from downtown, 4 of 7 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 3 blocks. So a a 30-point triple-double. And uh, again, in the clutch, uh, go-ahead field goal he had with about 10.8 seconds left in overtime. And then with the game, I believe, tied, uh, he hit the game. Or no, actually, they were down one. Uh, they had an inbounds with around three or four seconds left. Uh, he catches a pass right at about the left elbow. Paul George was defending him. He came out a little yeah. bit too far to contest the shot. LeBron just almost immediately drove left to the hoop, finished it as the buzzer expired. I remember that now. Wow. Clutch. Yeah, really, really <laughs> impressive stuff. And, uh, you know, that was... Um, you know, a series in which, again, went seven games, was, was really competitive throughout, and, you know, winning a game like that kind of cha- can sometimes change the outcome of a series. Right, yeah. Uh, moving on to, uh, we're, we're down to the top ten. So uh, things right. are going get, gonna to get pretty insane now. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, we're starting with, and we didn't do this with Michael Jordan, um, but... Uh, I feel like you got to give LeBron credit for what he did in these playoffs, the most right. recent one that we've just witnessed, especially during that Eastern Conference playoff run. Uh, you know, again, factoring in that he doesn't have Kyrie anymore. Uh, you know, his second best player is Kevin Love. Uh, you know, had had a kind of a weaker supporting cast than he's had for the last four or five seasons. Uh, and he was brilliant throughout was. in pretty much every series. Uh, in the first round against the Indiana Pacers, who were a 48-win team, 
uh, because the Cavs only, I believe, won 50 games, you know, had a tougher first-round opponent, uh, he put up 34.4 points per game, 10 rebounds, 7.7 assists, 55.3% shooting from the field, 35.3% from downtown, and 81.8 from the free-throw line. And some uh, some individual games, which I'm sure you'll remember some of these. Oh, yeah. Uh, his Game 2 versus Indiana, which, uh, you know, we were actually able to broadcast live on Duncan Dynasty. Right. Uh, he had 46 points on 17 of 24 from the field, 2 of 5 from downtown, 10 of 13 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 3 turnovers in the Cavs' victory. Wow. Yep. And then in the Game 5 game versus the Pacers, uh, this was uh, the same night we did uh, the Wizards-Raptors Game 5 of the first round, Uh, but we were able to catch the end, which was pretty exciting, (laughs) uh, which we'll get to here momentarily. But in this game, LeBron put up 44 points, 14 of 24 from the field, 15 of 15 from the free throw line, which I will state that, uh, you know, out of all of these games, there's only really two I can even think of where he was perfect from the line. Mm. The first one we mentioned where he was 10 for 10, and this one where he was 15 of 15. But uh, I did notice that uh, he was actually getting away with illegal free throws uh, because he was stepping over the line on his attempts. He was kind of, as he was shooting it, leaning forward. Yeah. And he would step with his, his right foot on the floor before the ball reached the rim. Wow. And I think that was in large part why he was, uh, you know, a lot better and <laughs> shot nearly eighty-two percent in this series is because he got away with that for the most part. Wow! Did they start calling it as it? It was called once. Okay. And once it was called, you could see LeBron, you know, stop doing it the same way. It was, it, you know, he was still leaning forward and still landing, but it was the landing was almost identical to the moment where the ball got to the rim. Yeah. Um, but as soon as he started doing that, his free throw percentages started to drop. Oh, man. Um, so so that was an interesting development. But in this particular game, it came up, it was pretty crucial that he was 15 of 15. Uh, and uh, he ended up with 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 turnovers. And with the game tied, I believe it was uh, 95 all. He caught a pass at the top of the key from about 35 feet and hit the three as the buzzer sounded. Yeah, awesome shot. Uh, he was going to his left, right? Yes. Yeah. He's, Which that's that's generally where he's more comfortable right. going. He's, and I'm thinking of a couple of those, which we might actually get to. Uh, a game-winning three going to his left with a defender in his face. Like, so clutch. That's awesome. And, and yeah, as you're, you know... We switched over on our Duncan Dynasty live broadcast <laughs> to that right before that moment happened, and uh, you know what was going through your mind as that shot uh, as that shot went down for LeBron. Well, I mean, when it was in the air, I'm like seeing flashbacks of uh, again. We're going to get to it, I'm sure. Another shot that I, I've seen, I'm like, oh my god, he's going to make that, and of course he hits it. And yeah. Like, you know, I'm remembering back when people were saying he couldn't. You know, he wasn't clutch. Yeah. Um, so many of these performances, uh, I remember Steve Kerr in one of these games we'll get to said, you know, it's Jordan-esque, mm-hmm. you know, and really I think he's the only one that you can compare this to because this is, it, it's video game-like. I remember in the last podcast 
we kept saying that like it's almost video game like it's unfair to try and yes. guard this person. Mm-hmm. What was going through your head? Well, yeah, I uh, you know I when he let it go, yeah, I I was like, that's good, that's mm-hmm. going in. Um, you know, he he got the shot that despite how deep he was on the floor, again going to his left, he seemed comfortable to contest. You know, wasn't that strong, so I, I was pretty confident he was going to knock it down, especially given how well he had performed that entire night and the fact that in this series in particular and throughout most of the 2018 playoffs, his jump shot was going down. Right. Um, I, I do remember also, uh, you know, seeing some highlights uh, on SportsCenter after the game, and they actually showed that clip with the Indiana Pacers radio broadcast. Oh. <laughs> and as soon as the shot went, the guy, the, the announcer was like, of course he hit it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's perfect. Um, right. Of course he did. But uh, so that that game five win for the Cavs put them up three two in the series. But then in game six, the Pacers blew out the Cavs in Indiana, which brought up a game seven, which was of course for all the marbles. Right. And LeBron, like he's done in a lot of his game sevens in his career, he's got a pretty great game seven track record. It really, does. as we'll go through in in some of the later ones down on this list. Uh, but in this game seven versus the Pacers, forty five points. 16 of 25 shooting, 2 of 3 from downtown, 11 of 15 from the charity stripe, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, and 4 turnovers in the win for the Cavs. That's solid right there. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Like, wow, that's... uh, And I I did watch this series, too. Yeah. Like, there's something about just watching the whole... Or reading the whole stat line out, like, holy crap. Yeah, that's... It's amazing. Well, and, you know, the Pacers did a really good job of limiting the Cavs' other players and yeah. really and really forcing LeBron to put up these performances, and he was up to the task. You know, the Cavs, the Cavs needed all 46 in Game 2. They needed all 44 in Game 5, and they needed all 45 in Game 7. They really did. I thought there were multiple times throughout these games that Indiana had the chance to beat this Cavs team, mm-hmm. you know, because... LeBron really didn't have that much help. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought there were many times where I thought the Pacers should have won, and LeBron just kept fending them off with mm-hmm. performances like these. Well, and also uh, we should mention that Kevin Love got hurt, I believe, in Game 1. It right. was his left thumb. I think he tore a ligament in his left thumb. He was trying to deflect a pass mm-hmm. by Victor Oladipo, and the ball bent his thumb back. Yes. Uh, so he struggled mightily for the most part in the series. Yeah, J.R. Smith struggled terribly. They didn't have George Hill for most of the series, which I think that was really key because the Cavs didn't really have much of a backup point guard. They played Jose Calderon for good chunks of that series. Um, And also, you know, not only LeBron's heroics, but Kyle Korver, I think, was was extremely crucial in the Cavs getting that series win. You're right, yeah. Uh, Moving on to uh, now the second round again. This is talking about his entire playoff run from this past... uh, these past playoffs, because it was incredible. Uh, the second round, they took on the Toronto Raptors, which, you know, they, they won 59 games in the regular season. But, of course, the question with Toronto every year is, is this real or <laughs> is this a team that just is made for the regular season and doesn't really show up in the playoffs? And I think, the you know, it, it ended up being the latter. Right. Uh, but... Still, LeBron was instrumental in Toronto's demise. Uh, right. for, for the series, he put up 34 points per game, 
8.3 rebounds, 11.3 assists per game, 1.8 steals on 55.3% shooting. And, uh, you know, I mentioned the whole thing about how LeBron's free throw percentages went down after uh, he finally got called for what it was an illegal free throw. Right. He shot just 57.6% from the line against the Raptors. And you're thinking as an Indiana fan, well, if he shot that percentage against us, we, we win that series. Exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> they were close. Um, but looking at some of the individual games in this series against Toronto, Game 2 at Toronto, this was after the Cavs won a really close game in overtime in Game 1. Toronto, this was really a must-win at home, uh, but LeBron just completely annihilated them. Yeah. <laughs> he put up 43 points on 19 of 28 from the field, 4 of 8 from the free-throw line, 8 rebounds, and 14 assists in the Cavs' win. Yeah, that was amazing. And I remember thinking after this second game, because uh, the first game was close, like you said, I thought Toronto was going to come back strong and make it a series. After watching them in game two, I was just like, wow, mentally, this Raptors team does not know what to do against LeBron. I think he intimidated them so much uh, after beating them in that first game, mm-hmm. comes out like this in game two, that they just almost gave up. Like, yeah. we can't beat this guy. Right. Because how many years in a row has this been of going well, against... Uh, speaking of, you know, other series or game, individual games that I it was hard for me to exclude, but previous matchups with the Raptors, LeBron yeah. has always destroyed them, and he, <laughs> he's done it for, yes, three years running now. Three Dang. of his four years with the Cavs, he swept the Raptors, or, you know, I guess there was the one series where uh, the Raptors took them six games, but it was also the the uh, <laughs> the least competitive six-game series probably in NBA history because the Cavs <laughs> won every home game by about 30 points. Wow. Um, but uh, LeBron just decimates Toronto anytime he sees them. <laughs> so, yes, awesome. those were some tough exclusions from this list as well. Uh, But uh, Game 3 in this uh, most recent matchup against the Raptors, he put up 38 points on 14 of 26 from the field, 9 of 11 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and 4 turnovers. Now, if you remember this game as well, the Cavs had a pretty significant lead, and it looked like Toronto was just, you know, had just given up. Right. But then they made a really nice comeback in the fourth quarter, got the game tied uh, with, you know, around, I think, eight seconds remaining. Yeah. The Cavs had the ball. They inbounded the length of the floor. LeBron drives left, hits about an 18-foot leaner off the glass with his right hand yeah. on the left side of the floor. That's just a, such an impossible shot. And he uh, he knocked it down. And, and J.R. Smith, uh, you know, it was such a great shot of him. The cameraman got him right after it. And he's just laughing, just like thinking, like, you know, what can't this guy do? Oh, yeah. that's and The level of difficulty on that shot uh, is, is incredible. That's a shot that I would have gone out immediately after watching that game if I was still playing to go and practice for, like, a week straight, and I still wouldn't have gotten it down. Yeah. Like, Man, that was that was amazing. Well, and one of the things I think Toronto failed to do for most of the series was their their rookie OG Ananobi was clearly their best option on LeBron, yeah. and he was defending him most of the way on that last play and made LeBron take a really ridiculously tough shot. Right. He made it, but it was good defense. Right. Uh, but for mo- too much of the series, anytime the Cavs just ran a simple screen action. 
the Raptors just switched and Again, if OG is your only good defender, only viable option, you've got to do whatever it takes to keep him on LeBron at all times, and they just didn't do a good enough job of that. Right. And that's part of the reason why I believe Dwayne Casey was fired as the Raptors coach, just those strategic decisions in the heat of a playoff series. He just wasn't quite good enough at doing that. Right. Even though they had an amazing regular season run and their their record... They developed their youngsters really well. Right. But if you're not making those types of uh, adjustments, where again, I think Toronto's the better team here, mm-hmm. but if you're not making those adjustments, you can end up losing and having one guy pretty much destroy you. Right. So. And, you know, you you look at, yeah, you look at a team like Toronto versus a team like Indiana, Toronto has more talent than Indiana had, but I right. think Indiana was just, had the much better coaching and made the Cavs and LeBron work for everything. Right. Uh, moving on to now the Eastern Conference Finals of the 2018 playoff run that LeBron just finished up. Uh, he was taking on the Boston Celtics, who, despite you know losing Gordon Hayward the first uh, game of the season, which was a brutal you know ankle injury, yeah. uh, but and then also losing Kyrie Irving near the end of the regular season, this was a Boston team that looked really impressive. Uh, you know, especially in the second round against Philadelphia, winning that series in five games. Their defense was tremendous. Uh, that you know, not having Kyrie on the floor allowed them to play even a little bit bigger, and you know, basically have a team that could switch across one through five. Yeah. But then you got great production from youngsters like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Al Horford had probably a career best playoffs. So you know, a solid team, although probably not as good as the fifty-five wins because Kyrie was responsible for a good chunk of those. Right. Uh, but still, a solid up-and-coming team that was great defensively. Uh, in this series, LeBron put up thirty-three point six points per game, nine rebounds per game, eight point four assists, fifty-two point four percent from the field, forty point nine percent from the three-point line, and sixty-nine point two percent from the charity stripe. Uh, Just incredible. And uh, a couple of uh, individual games to mention. Game two at Boston, and this was a series in which, uh, you know, the home teams won every game up until game seven. Uh, But this was in a losing effort. LeBron put up 42 points, 16 of 29 from the field, 5 of 11 from downtown, 5 of 10 from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, and six turnovers, uh, and it was one of those games where LeBron had an amazing first quarter. And uh, did you see this game? I or, caught some of it. Yeah, he yeah. had an amazing first quarter where he really took it to him, uh, but just didn't have the necessary help uh, to uh, to to get the Cavs over the finish line. But yeah, a terrific performance in a losing effort. Uh, and then in Game Four in Cleveland to tie the series at two, he goes for 44 points, 17 of 28 from the field. 9 of 13 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, and he did have 7 turnovers uh, in the Cavs' Game 4 win. And then finally, Game 6, you know, again, the Cavs were facing elimination down 3-2. In Game 6, LeBron scores 46 points, 17 of 33 from the field, 5 of 7 from the 3-point line, 7 of 11 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, and 3 steals. And this was probably the game that the Boston Celtics were most competitive in the, the in the queue. Right. Uh, but 
LeBron down the stretch just hit big shot after big shot and never gave Boston a chance. Yeah, again, extremely clutch. <laughs> I mean, what do you do against that? <laughs> right, yeah. hitting like step back threes from about 35 feet on the left wing. Yeah, this was a series where uh, the first few games, I want to say the first two games specifically, I thought the Celtics had the Cavs number. I mm-hmm. thought the, the Celtics were almost going to just blow them out in the series. Because you could see a lot of the things that translated from the Indiana series that Boston could do as well. Right. You know, they had as good and uh, probably a better coach in Brad Stevens that could limit the guys like J.R. Smith and, and those types of players. Uh, but, again, similar to the Indiana series, LeBron was able to come through with just huge scoring production. Right. And in Game 7, he was great as well, although I didn't even mention that just because that wasn't one of the top even three games of the series. <laughs> but he was he was very impressive in the Game 7 win on the road, which was more of a, like a lot of Game 7s are, a defensive rock fight. So I'm really interested to see what the rest of this top ten is because uh, Van Gundy, uh, one of the announcers, um, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, right? Yes. Uh, he said once they got to the finals, he said that LeBron's accomplishment to get this Cavs team to the finals, in his opinion, was LeBron's greatest accomplishment of all time in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's number 10. And that's number list. 10. And, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I don't agree with most of the things that Jeff Van Gundy says. But it's interesting, like, wow, what are these other nine going to be? Exactly. Well, and I guess my my only reason, obviously the numbers are sensational. Sure. Um, my only... My only thing there is that I don't think, despite beating a 59 and 55 win team, the 59 win team notoriously kind of chokes in the playoffs. Right. And the 55 win team didn't have their two best players. Right. So the competition wasn't incredibly strong. And despite, you know, not having Kyrie and having kind of a lackluster supporting cast. He's still got Kevin Love. I would say the first round series was the most impressive because of Love's shortcomings with the thumb and George Hill being injured. But he pretty much had George Hill throughout the rest of the the postseason. And, you know, Kevin Love, I think, got better, uh, better and better as the playoffs went on, healing from that injury. Uh, so, you know, yes, the supporting cast wasn't great, and what he did was sensational, uh, but... The competition wasn't uh, wasn't that strong either, and it it hasn't been that strong in the East for quite a while now. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to number nine now, we've got the 2008 Eastern Conference Semifinals Game Seven at Boston. Now this was the 2008 Celtics team that won the championship, right? Uh, and it was a 66 win team. Um, you know, the peak of the the big the Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce yes. trio. Uh, in this Game 7, in a losing effort, LeBron put up 45 points on 14 of 29 from the field, 14 of 19 from the free-throw line, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. And I also would just like to mention, uh, you know, because it was it was something that stood out, obviously, going back and looking at that game, as Paul Pierce's performance was also <laughs> sensational. Uh, 41 points. He ended up being the finals MVP that season. Right. Uh, but he had 41 in the game, 13 of 23 from the field, 4 of 6 from the three-point line, and 11 of 12 from the free-throw stripe. Wow. 
So, you know, if Paul Pierce has a typical game, maybe LeBron's epic performance gets the Cavs over the top there. Right. Uh, but he was able to, you know, for the most part, um, kind of make that a draw. Wow. Yeah. Did you did you go back and watch any of this? Yes, I series? did. And okay, mm-hmm. what were your because th- it's been a while since I watched it. I did watch it back in two thousand eight, but yeah. So the biggest thing I noticed was you know it was very defensive. You okay. know there wasn't a lot of this was probably the 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 game where the scoring and the was flowing at its its highest level. The pace was a little bit higher, okay. but you know there was a game I think seventy four seventy two in this series, Dang. and there were a couple of games where you know although LeBron was great in this game seven, he had a couple of stinkers earlier in the series. He had one game I believe where he was two of sixteen from the field with ten turnovers oh, yes. uh, in a loss for the Cavs. Yeah. So. Um, you know, he didn't have the greatest series, but in this game specifically, uh, he was great. And, you know, yeah. being that it was a game seven on the road, pretty impressive. Wow. Moving on to number eight now is we've got the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals versus the Orlando Magic. Now, of course, wow. 2009 was LeBron's first MVP season. The Cavs won 66 games with, you know, not a ton of help. You know, he had Mo Williams and Delonte West, which was one of his better scoring backcourts of that Cavs run. Sure. You know, you had Zadrunas Ogowska still and Anderson Baruchel, who I really liked. Right. Who I think is underrated a lot of, uh, by a lot of people. But, uh, you know, still not... He didn't have a, another all-star, really, on that roster. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Mo Williams may have made the all-star team, but I think he was one of those guys that, just because of how well the Cavs did record-wise, he kind of got that favorable treatment. Right, because uh, it you know similar to how in 2015 the Atlanta Hawks won 60 games and got four All Stars, even though none of them, you know, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, Kyle Korver, and Jeff Teague probably have a combined five All Star appearances right. between them. Um, <laughs> they uh, you know the NBA likes to credit the best teams with with uh, with several All Stars at, at times. Right. Um, but in this conference finals against the Orlando Magic. The Magic were a 59-win team. This was kind of the peak of Dwight Howard. Uh, They also were kind of a team that I think were ahead of its time in terms of they had four shooters around Dwight Howard. Hmm. Uh, You know, they had Richard Lewis at the four who could really shoot the basketball. Hito Turkaloo at the three. And again, both of those guys at 6'10". So they got a 6'10 small forward as well to create mismatch problems. Uh, but then Courtney Lee, and uh, they had Jameer Nelson, Nelson, but he was hurt. Oh, okay. uh, So they had Rafer Olsen. Uh, oh, uh, skipped my list. Yes, exactly. One. Uh, who was taken <laughs> over as point guard and a decent shooter as well. Did you ever practice the N1 Rafer Olsen moves? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I've wa- I haven't watched too much of those N1 <laughs> mixtapes, but I'm sure they're entertaining. Um, but... But that series uh, was was really fun to watch, and LeBron, uh, you know, really came out and despite the losing effort, uh, oh, yeah. he put up 38.5 points per game, eight point three rebounds, eight assists on forty eight point seven percent shooting. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well from three, but free throw line seventy four point five percent. Here's some individual games, uh, and there are four worth mentioning. That's how crazy he ha- of a series he had. Yeah. In ga- in the game one loss, LeBron put up forty nine points 
on 20 of 30 shooting. Now that's MJ-like. It is, yeah. Holy uh, crap. 3 of 6 from 3, 6 of 10 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. Holy the Cavs crap. lost uh, by 1 point, and it was uh, in large part due to a Richard Lewis 3 with uh, mm. just a few seconds remaining that gave the Magic a 1-point lead. There was a lot of uh, late-game dynamics in this series that were happening. Uh, but Orlando got the best of the Cavs in the Game 1 tight win. Uh, in Game 2 versus Orlando, and again, yep. a must-win, the Cavs down one nothing in the series. LeBron scores 35 points on 12 of 23 from the field, 10 of 12 from the free-throw line, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and 6 turnovers, and I'm sure this is what you were referencing uh, yep. with the game winner that he hit against the Pacers in Game 5. Uh, he hit the game-winning three from a very similar spot on the floor, and they were down two. I believe it was Hito Turkoglu had hit the game-winning or game, uh, you know, leading shot to put the Magic up two with about three or four seconds left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, LeBron catches the inbounds pass from Mo Williams turns and shoots and knocks it down at the buzzer and I actually was at this game oh wow. uh, so this was this was one of the greater sports moments I've ever uh, you know been a part of and and just experiencing that crowd go nuts at that time was was pretty sensational oh my gosh even watching you know watching that live on TV you see the crowd going crazy I, that would have been amazing to be there Holy yes um, I, I remember that shot yes that's what I was referring to. Uh, before and I remember after seeing him hit that shot, I immediately was like, "Okay, it's a it's a conversation with him and Jordan now." Yeah, you know, I was still like, "I think Jordan's better," but because we were getting into the LeBron prime at this point, right? Yeah, and so like he's shaking off a lot of those. Oh, he's not clutch. Well, you know, he he can't shoot. Well, he just hit a fadeaway shot going to his left off the dribble at the buzzer in a huge playoff game against a really good team. Yes. It's a conversation now. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, well, in the uh, the next game, worth mentioning, is game three. Right. Uh, this is at Orlando. And again, in a losing effort, he goes for 41 points on 11 of 28 from the field. So not especially efficient from the field. But he got to the free throw line for 18 of 24. Wow. Seven rebounds and nine assists along with two steals. And again, the Cavs lost that ball game but again comparing you know the LeBron to Jordan Michael Jordan thing and and the amount of free throw attempts you know this was again early LeBron getting to the free throw line quite a bit going for double digits throughout this series and uh, 24 attempts quite a lot drawing a lot of fouls and and relentlessly attacking the basket Um, and then in game four Again, another another game that uh, they're down 2-1, probably a must-win. Uh, they ended up losing the game, but not because of LeBron. Uh, he goes for 44 points on 13 of 29 from the field, including 4 of 10 from triple land, and 14 of 18 from the free-throw line, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and he did have... A humongous number of eight turnovers uh, in the in the loss. Yeah, but everything else is stellar. I mean, yes. that's... Wow. Uh, and then finally in Game 5, which was the last Cavs victory in the series, they ended up losing the series in six. 
he goes for 37 points, 11 of 24 from the field, 15 of 19 from the line, 14 rebounds, and 12 assists. So a monster 37-point triple-double. And then in Game 6, you know, he, he had another game that was noteworthy, but uh, wasn't uh, wasn't one of his top four games in this, or even five games in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Cavs ended up losing that one, I believe, by two. Uh, but they, you know, a lot of times, you know, they there were three games in this series that were decided by two points or less, and the Magic won two of the three. You know, yeah. if that just goes the other way, the Cavs win two of the three, maybe they advance, and, uh, you know, that 2009 season, the Lakers ended up winning the title. That was uh, Kobe's first title post-Shaq. Right. Uh, but I thought the Cavs favored pretty well against the Lakers, matched up well in terms of you could put LeBron on Kobe. Right. And unlike this Orlando team where LeBron could only guard either one of Richard Lewis or Turkaloo, and then the other guy could attack the mismatch, the Lakers didn't have another great wing score aside from Kobe. Right. And their other big advantage was inside with the likes of Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol. But the Cavs, you know, had the had some pretty good size as well with Zadrunas. So Gauskas at 7'3". Yeah. Pau Gasol always struggled with, you know, big-time size like Ilgauskas. And then Anderson Vergeau, a pretty solid defensive big man as well. So, you know, that's a series in which... You know, talking about LeBron not being able to get through to a title in his early years with the Cavs, this was a golden opportunity that was that was pretty close. Just didn't uh, they didn't quite get through, and it, it wasn't really LeBron's fault. Right. Moving on to uh, to number seven now, we've got the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals, Game Six at Boston. Now, uh, this was uh, a Celtics team that again in 2012 lockout sh- uh, shortened season. They were 39 and 27, which translate to about a 48 or 49 win team. Uh, but this was kind of the last hurrah for that Celtics uh, group that had a great four or five year stretch. Rajon Rondo was really at the peak of his powers this season, uh, you know, and that's kind of how that this Celtics team maintained a high level. Is as Garnett, Allen, and Pierce got a little bit older, not quite as effective. Uh, they were still good, but right. just not quite as good. Rajon Rondo's level went up a notch or two, and he almost became their best player at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, he had a he had a Rajon Rondo had a game in this series where he put up forty four. You know, yeah. you know he was really good. Uh, and this series in particular, uh, the Heat won the first two games, but then Boston won the next three. Paul Pierce hit a really clutch three that was a dagger in Game Five to give the Celtics the lead. And you could see the Celtics were kind of trash-talking the Heat. They thought they had gotten into their heads and had the series wrapped up. They were going home for Game 6. But this is where, uh, this was the game where LeBron just kind of had that immediate, like, he was going to crush this team. There was no way that he were going to lose this game. He just had this look on his face that, I'm going to get this win no matter what it takes. Right. And he had a brilliant performance. He scored 45 points, 19 of 26 from the field, 2 of 4 from downtown, 5 of 9 from the free throw line, 15 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 turnovers in the Game 6 win. Yeah, he shot terrific in this game. I This was one of the ones I looked back at, some of the highlights. He's hitting jumpers over people, fadeaways. Yeah. Yeah. Can't stop him. The entire package. And, right. and yes, he just completely 
shut down an entire arena. Yeah. You know, those, no, Celtics, so quiet, those yeah. Celtics fans were real excited. They're like, yeah, we're going to go to the finals. <laughs> and LeBron just made it quiet within just like the first half of the first quarter. He yeah. just, you know, he was not going to let his team lose. Wow. Um, again, we're... We're That's still. We've got six number. left. That was number seven. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. Number six. I've got the 2017 NBA Finals against the Warriors. Mm. Now the Warriors, a 67 win team, had added Kevin Durant that season. Uh, this is a team that arguably I think might go down as the greatest team of all time, especially talent wise. Yeah. Uh, but LeBron, despite the Cavs losing the series in five games, just put up unbelievable numbers for the series 33.6 points per game 12 rebounds per game 10 assists 56.4 percent shooting from the field 38.7 percent from the three-point line and uh, his only negative was the free throw line 64.9 percent but he was brilliant i know this is a series you watched as well oh yeah uh you know the Cavs had no problem scoring in this series. You know, Kyrie Irving was excellent right. uh, offensively as well. They just couldn't stop that high-powered Warriors offense. Oh, yeah. Uh, I agree with a talented uh, team put together. Yeah. Uh, the shooting on this team, yes, with the current Warriors team too, but, I mean, holy crap. Um, yeah, that's... That's interesting that this is just number six. Looking at some individual performances the, the, that LeBron put up in this series. Sure. Uh, game two at Golden State, 29 points on 12 of 18 from the field, 4 of 5 from the line, 11 rebounds, 14 assists, there you go. 3 steals, and 4 turnovers in a losing effort. <laughs> in the game three win, or excuse me, game three loss, they also lost this one. He puts up 39 points. This, of course, was the game in which Kevin Durant hit those uh, two real clutch mm. shots at the end, including the pull-up three over LeBron right. uh, to kind of put the game away. Um, Corver also missed a corner three on the left side that could have kind of iced the game for the Cavs. Uh, but uh, in the loss, LeBron put up 39 points, 15 of 27 from the field, Four of nine from downtown, five of six from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, nine assists, and five turnovers. Again, both of those last two, uh, you know, the first one, a 29-point triple-double on a very efficient shooting. Uh, You know, in this one, 39 points, very efficient, nearly a triple-double, just one assist away. Mm -hmm. And again, lost both games. Uh, in the Game 4 win in which the Cavs went crazy and scored, I believe, uh, I think it was 86 points in the first half. They just were making everything. Uh, and, and that was the game that it took to beat that Warriors team, right. uh, putting up 86 and a half. Uh, in that Game 4 win, LeBron went for 31 on 11 of 22 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3-point land, 6 of 10 from the charity stripe, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. So another triple-double with 31. And then in the Game 5, you know, series-clinching win for the Warriors, uh, in Golden State, LeBron goes for 41 points, 19 of 30 shooting, 2 of 5 from downtown, 1 of 4 from the free-throw line, 13 rebounds, 8 assists, 
two steals in the loss. In the loss, yeah. Now, um, I guess my my biggest concern as to why this isn't higher, you know, you look at those numbers and you think, oh, my, how, right. how can you play better? <laughs> but the defense, not only team-wide, but individually from LeBron, wasn't that great. Okay. Um, you know, he wasn't terrible defensively. He was still probably their best defensive player. Uh, but not at the level of an MJ, especially, or even LeBron in his prime heat days. Right. Um, so that was probably why this is at number six and not a little bit higher. I gotcha. So we're now to the top five. We've got five left. All right. Um, at, at five, we have the 2015 NBA mm. Finals versus the Warriors. Of course, this is the Warriors team. No Durant, but still a 67-win team. This is the first MVP season of Steph Curry. Uh, he also, this was one of the few years in which he was fully healthy against the Cavs. Of course, in the 2016 finals in which the Cavs won, he had that MCL injury that kept him out at the start of the playoffs. Right. And then in these most recent playoffs, had a similar injury as well. Uh, but this series, Steph Curry was healthy and at, uh, you know, full power. <laughs> uh, and LeBron in 2015, in these finals, had Kyrie for game one, but he broke his kneecap. Right. At the end of game one, which was a brutal overtime defeat for Cleveland. Uh, so Irving wasn't available for this series outside of that first game. Kevin Love was out. So this was really a team with LeBron being the only source of offense. Uh, they ha- they kind of went with a strategy of let's just bulldoze them with Timofey Mozgov at center. Tristan Thompson at power forward yeah. and LeBron at small forward and just really slow down the pace, play tough, hard-nosed defense, and crash the offensive boards. Um, but in this series, the Cavs actually got up 2-1 in the series without the likes of Irving and Love. Wow. And for the series, LeBron put up 35.8 points, 13.3 rebounds per game. 8.8 assists, and the efficiency isn't quite there because, again, he's having to do basically everything offensively. Right. Uh, shot just 39.8% from the field and 68.7% from the free throw line. But, again, and we've mentioned this before in terms of a guy like Allen Iverson, how he took a Sixers team to the 2001 Finals through just having a team that played great defense and even inefficient scoring right. can be very valuable. And the Cavs needed all of that inefficient scoring from LeBron to compete. And he played terrific defense as well as the entire Cavs team in this series. Uh, it was to the point where Matthew Dellavedova had to go to the hospital because of how much effort he was providing on the defensive that. end of the floor. Uh, but then also, you know, LeBron committing to the game plan that we're going to go super big and dominate the boards to average over 13 rebounds as right. a small forward is exceptional. It really is. Wow. Uh, but uh, a couple of uh, you know individual games that were very noteworthy for LeBron. Uh, in Game 3, which was a Cavaliers win in which they went up 2-1, uh, you know, famously you see LeBron throwing the ball against the court just in <laughs> utter sheer excitement over the fact that his team, you know, was up 2-1. Uh, he put up 40 points on 14 of 34 from the field, 2 of 6 from downtown, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, and 4 turnovers in the victory. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think um, 
you know, looking back at that, uh, you know, even the the previous one we just talked about, the 2017 finals, you're not seeing too many games where he, where I'm mentioning him with a lot of steals or a lot of blocks. Right. And that just, you know, I understand that there's a lot more to defense than just that, but you can tell a guy's activity level a lot by how many of those stocks that he's getting. Right. Those are, you know, effort plays a right. lot of the time. So. And in this series, you're seeing a lot of that. Uh, in Game 5 at the Warriors, uh, he puts up 40 points on 15 of 34 from the field, 3 of 8 from downtown, 7 of 9 from the free throw line, 14 rebounds, and 11 assists in a losing effort. Wow. But yeah, that was just, you know, another another situation where I mentioned earlier the, the whole... 2018 playoff run but this 2015 playoff run also pretty sensational uh, as well that just uh, didn't quite make the cut right uh, but the fact that he was able to get as far as he did um, you know with Kevin Love out for almost the entire postseason he got hurt in round one against Boston where Kelly Olynyk pulled his shoulder out of the socket okay uh, and then Kyrie Irving was in and out of the lineup for the first three rounds had rehabbed and finally felt like he was back for game one and then suffered that knee injury that right. kept him out. But uh, a sensational run from LeBron and highlighted by that finals showing. We're down to number four now, which we've got as the 2018 NBA Finals game one right. at Golden State. Now, of course, this is fresh on all <laughs> everybody's mind. Right. Uh, but uh, again, this Warriors team, a 58-win team, another historically great team. Uh, and in that game, again, in a losing effort in overtime, LeBron went for 51 on 19 of 32 from the field, 3 of 7 from downtown, and 10 of 11 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and 5 turnovers in the brutal loss in which right. famously J.R. Smith got the offensive rebound at the end of regulation, didn't understand the time and score, ran it out thinking they were ahead and, and the Cavs didn't get a shot off. And all you see is LeBron screaming at him like, do something, shoot it, pass the ball, I'm open, what are you doing? Just, yeah. And then the famous, they're both of them sitting on the, the bench for the duration of that timeout, not talking to each other the whole time. I would be very upset if I was LeBron too and I'd put up yes. 51 points. Uh, I think they put up a graphic of like, this is in like the top five or top six scoring performances ever in the finals, mm-hmm. and I think this was the only losing effort of yeah. all of those. And mm-hmm. this is in the company of Elgin Baylor, Michael Jordan multiple times, Jerry West. Um, yeah, all-time great finals performance right here. Yeah, I think Michael Jordan had the 55 against Phoenix that we right. talked about in that 93 finals. Mm-hmm. He may have had one more that was I in the 50s. So. Uh, but, but yeah, to, to put up 51 on that efficiency yeah. that LeBron did as well. Uh, and then also, you know, two assists and two rebounds away from a triple-double as well. You know, that was one of the, the Cavs' better defensive games in the series as well. Made it as as difficult as they could on the Warriors with their limited defensive personnel. Right. Uh, so now we're down to the final three. This is, uh, this is going to get crazy. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, if it hasn't already been crazy for all of you. Yeah. But uh, at number three, we've got the 2007... Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5, 
And uh, I already, I, I feel like in your head you're thinking, why isn't this number one? Uh, this in a similar way, yeah. uh, number three, when I had the uh, the 86 series Jordan had against Boston, you also kind of were like, oh, I think that should be number one. I feel like you're you're having the similar thoughts here. You're, you're reading my mind. But the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals, Game 5 at Detroit. Again, the Detroit, that's a 53-win team. This was a 2-2 series crucial game on the road he goes for 48 points on 18 of 33 from the field 2 of 3 from downtown 10 of 14 from the charity stripe 9 rebounds 7 assists 2 steals in the overtime victory now he had the go ahead drive and finish with 31.5 seconds left in regulation and then he had the game-tying drive and slam with 9.5 seconds in regulation. And then, in double OT, he had the game-winning drive and lay-in with 2.2 seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> and all in all, LeBron scored the last 12 Cavs points in regulation, the last 25 points for the team for the game, and 29 of Cleveland's last 30. <laughs> this this was an insane game. Um, I, I, this was what I was referring to. Steve Kerr is like, this is Jordan-esque. Yes. I, think, I think everyone was kind of in awe. Not that he hadn't put up great performances before, but I mean, 25 of the of 29, or, or what, it, what, what did you say this was? 29 of the final 30. Of the final 30 points for your team. Yes. That's insane. And it seemed like every possession was, okay, we're going to get the ball to LeBron at the top of the key. And we're either going to do a pick and roll, or you're just going to isolate and, hey, try and win the game for us. Right. You know, go one on five, and he did. Yes. <laughs> it was insane. Well, and he had these, you know, these crazy shots. One where uh, he went behind the back, guarded by Chauncey Billups, and pulled up. And yep. Doug Collins, the the commentator, along with Steve Kerr, was like, I don't think I've ever seen him do that move before to make that shot. Right. And then there was another one where he is driving right, fading away, just a step inside the three-point line, like two or three guys draped all over him. Right. He knocks it down. And, yeah, Steve Kerr is like, there's nothing you can do that's just unguardable. Right. Uh, one of the shots, him going to his left, reminds me a little bit of Larry Bird in the game where he scores 60. I've, now... Larry Bird is fading to his left and ends up falling into the Celtics bench. But LeBron is about that deep, fading, and ends up hitting it with, I think, two defenders in his face. Yes. Um, it's incredible. Well, and again, going back to the early version of LeBron, wasn't a consistent jump shooter, but this was one of the games where he he brought it from with the jump shot. And uh, again... The team needed all of these points to win the game. That's what made it so special. Right. Double overtime. Wow. All right. Now moving on to number two. We've got the 2013 NBA Finals Game 7 versus San Antonio. Now, of course, the Spurs 58-win team. Uh, San Antonio won all of the odd-numbered games <laughs> heading into Game 7. They won Games 1, 3, and 5. Okay. Uh, it was a very back-and-forth series. Uh, but... Uh, and, of course, Game 6 was the game in which the Spurs had it basically wrapped up. They were up 5 with, I believe, 29 seconds left. Uh, but Manu Ginobili and Kawhi Leonard both went to the free-throw line, only made one of two, which left the door open. LeBron hit 1-3 to cut the lead to two. 
Spurs go down, make one free throw. Heat come back down. LeBron misses a three. Chris Bosh gets a rebound, of course, with Tim Duncan off the floor. Right. And throws it over into the right corner to Ray Allen, where he steps back and hits the three to tie the game. Sends it to overtime. Miami then wins an OT. So, you know, it looked like Miami had all the momentum, of course, Game 7 also at home. But the Spurs came and played a great game in Game 7 as well. Uh, but LeBron was brilliant and one of the key reasons why the Heat were able to pull it out. Right. Uh, but, you know, Game 7 NBA Finals, it doesn't get more pressurized of a situation than that. Sure, yeah. Uh, but in this game, LeBron goes for 37 points on 12 of 23 from the field, 5 of 10 from downtown, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, uh and he hit the he hit a big time jumper from uh, the top of the key about a step or two inside the three point line to extend the heat lead to four it was 90 to 88 heading into that possession uh he made it 92 88 with 27.9 seconds left and then the spurs went down missed he he was fouled he knocked down both free throws to extend the lead to six and essentially put the game away with wow. 23.5 seconds left but throughout the game, just playing an exceptionally good basketball game, but then also being clutch on the the, the sport's biggest stage. Right. And he got the uh, the MVP for that series, yes. too. And, okay. and again, guarded by Kawhi Leonard, putting what? up those numbers uh, all the more special. Really uh, and against a great San Antonio team, that Spurs team was excellent. And, of course, the Spurs came back and were even better the following year and were <laughs> able to, to uh, get some revenge. But right. uh, that that was one of the best moments of LeBron's career to that point. Maybe the best moment to that point. Yeah. And the final, number one, the top of the top 20 LeBron James playoff achievements. We've got the 2016 NBA finals versus the golden state warriors. Of course, the warriors, a 73 win team having the best record in NBA history, uh, for the series, LeBron, 29.7 points per game, 11.3 rebounds, 8.9 assists, 2.6 steals, 2.3 blocks. You know, again, mentioning those things, we haven't mentioned those stats as much with LeBron as we did with MJ. Right. But in this series, you notice that, and that just goes to show you the activity and the defensive, uh, you know, intensity that he was playing with in this series. Right. Uh, and shot 49.4% from the field, 37.1% from the three-point line, and 72.1% from the free-throw line. Now, of course, there are some individual games that are definitely worth mentioning. Uh, They got down 2-0 in the series, losing both games in Oakland. But then in Game 3, in a blowout for the Cavs, he goes for 32 points on 14 of 26 from the field, three of five from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and five turnovers in the Cavs win. And then, of course, they got down 3-1. The Warriors were able to steal a game in Cleveland to go up 3-1 in the series. Draymond Green did get suspended for game five, but regardless, no team had ever come back from, from down 3-1 in NBA playoffs history. And this three-game stretch from LeBron might be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, three-game stretch in playoff history. Yeah. In Game 5, in Golden State, 
LeBron goes for 41 points, 16 of 30 shooting, 4 of 8 from Triple Land, 5 of 8 from the Charity Stripe, 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks in the Cavs' win on the road to extend the series to a Game 6. Right. And then, in Game 6 in Cleveland, which I attended... (laughs) LeBron goes for 41 on 16 of 27 from the field, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 6 of 8 free throws, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, 4 steals and 3 blocks, and the Cavs win, which forced a Game 7. And then in the crucial Game 7, again, on the road, 27 points, not as efficient from the field, but again, this game was a lot more defensive, as a lot of Game 7s are. The efficiency isn't always there. He was just 9 of 24 from the field, but 8 of 10 from the line, and he did have a triple-double with 11 rebounds and 11 assists, and also two steals as well as three blocks, including maybe the most or the greatest block in NBA history, blocking Andre Iguodala on the fast-break opportunity when it seemed like he had a layup that would have given the Warriors the lead. Of course, that block set up what was the big-time shot from Kyrie Irving that gave the Cavs the lead. Yeah, that's an all-time great block right there. It's a block we've seen him do before that chase down. I would say he's the best that's ever played, that I've ever seen at that type of thing. Yeah. But in that situation, at that moment, where as soon as Iguodala gets the ball, I'm thinking, oh, like, the Warriors got this now. And yeah. Then, but then you just see him picking up speed from the other end of the court and just, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Super clutch again. Yes. You know? And, wow. you know, it's one of those things where Game 5 and Game 6, the jump shot came back at the perfect moment. Again, when his team needed it, he he had the all-around game, the rebounding, the playmaking for right. his teammates, the scoring himself efficiently, uh, and you know being able to score inside and outside, but then also the defense, racking up the steals, the blocks, the deflections, and you know the Cavs again were able to hold the, the Warriors to 89 points in Game Seven, one of the greatest offenses of all time. Right. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you now, having seen the whole list. This, I think, has to be number one to beat this team with the greatest record in, in NBA history and to co- be the only team, you know, first and only team to come back from, from a 3-1 deficit yes. against that team. Um, that would be like if Jordan was on the Bulls and was going against an 86 Celtics or 87 Lakers and was down 3-1. Yeah. And was able to come through and beat them with this stat line. Right. And again, you know, there it is worth mentioning that that of course Draymond Green got suspended for a crucial True. game five that kinda swung the momentum. Right. Andrew Bogut did get hurt. Steph um, Curry was in, in game five. And Steph Curry, you know, although he had been back for several rounds, was still, you know, coming off of an MCL sure. injury to his knee, so he wasn't a hundred percent. But even having said that you know, Draymond Green was there for games six and seven. He was. You know, and Steph Curry played very well at various points in the series despite the injury. Yeah. Um, and you still got Clay Thompson. Harrison Barnes was a really good player. You've got Andre Iguodala. Um, yeah. 
the uh, you know it's it was it was a, it's a brilliant accomplishment no matter how you look at it even though you could say oh there's an asterisk here or there uh, the Warriors may have been the better team if if both teams ended up being healthy but you look That's at twenty game, you yeah. look at twenty fifteen and you could say the same for the Cavs that right. without Love and, and Irving you know. That's why they lost. If they had those guys, maybe they win in 2015 against a Warriors team that hadn't been there before. Right. You know, the the reason, uh, part of the reason why that 2016 team was so amazing was because they had that championship swagger. They right. didn't have that in 2015. Very so, true. you know, there, there are all those what-ifs, but the Cavs won the 2016 NBA championship in large part. Of course, Kyrie was brilliant as well. He had a couple of 40-point games in games five and six, I believe, also. Right. Um, but in large part due to what LeBron accomplished in that series. I agree. Yeah, this is, that's a good list, man. Yeah. So <laughs> so now that we've uh, we've gone through in, in great detail, I might add, <laughs> right. of Michael Jordan and LeBron's greatest playoff performances... Uh, what are what are your just general thoughts uh, in looking at the two of them? Do you feel like one person has a significant edge over the other? Do you feel like, uh, you know, we need to have a part five of this Michael <laughs> Jordan versus LeBron debate? I'm sure we will, just because <laughs> we end up talking about it a lot, even when we're not recording it. We <laughs> This is something that we talk about all the time. Um, it's... It's interesting how close it is, and uh, I think I referenced it when when I saw LeBron hit that, you know, fadeaway uh, three uh, against Orlando. I was like, "Holy crap, this is a conversation." Where when Le- when Michael Jordan retired, I remember thinking, "We're never going to see anyone close yeah. to what Jordan's done," because he had he was in such a lead compared to every other player that I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's unimaginable to think anyone's going to touch that. Yeah. Here we are in 2018 where there are a significant amount of people who think LeBron's already surpassed Jordan. Yeah. Right. I disagree with that a mm-hmm. little bit, but I see like it, it's a conversation like we said. Right. Um, stat wise, again, LeBron amazing because we're seeing these like 18 rebounds in some of these games, averaging 13 rebounds for an entire series. Yeah. Um, but I'm also seeing with Jordan, you know, averaging more points per game, you know, in the 40s or high 30s, but still averaging, you know, eight assists or, you know, up there in rebounds sometimes with like eight rebounds, seven rebounds against some of these Cavs or, or Detroit series. Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of depends on what you value more. As a basketball player, do you value the main guy who's going to put the ball in the basket at a high efficiency or uh, for more points for your team? Or do you want the all-around impact, you know, with getting more people involved, more passing, maybe scoring off of less shots? Right. Um, I mean, what do you think? Because you're the one who masterminded this whole thing and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the research. It's, uh, you know, yeah, looking at both of their playoff performances and 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 excluding certain you know uh um great great efforts yeah they're they're pretty even you know when when you look at it and and the crazy part is you know you we mentioned i think it was number 10 on the the list that uh of lebron's 2018 playoffs and the one of the top five was his game one of this nba finals you know so Mm. 
if LeBron continues to to add to this resume, imagine if what number 10 is right now ends up by, when we're all said and done, is like number 18 to 20. Right. You know, you can see the path in which LeBron surpasses him. And, you know, you uh, the other interesting thing, the, the big NBA news recently was that uh, Kawhi Leonard wants a trade out of San Antonio and that the Lakers are his preferred destination. Uh, the whole idea of a possible... LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard trio with Los Angeles and thinking about what that team could accomplish over the next couple of seasons. And you start to think, oh, maybe LeBron's got another couple of championships to push his number closer to that six that that Jordan did. And, of course, we've already mentioned that LeBron's going to blow Jordan away in terms of the counting stats when it's oh, all said and done as well. For sure, and I remember and he's thinking, already breaking a lot of his records. I remember thinking that, like in his first or second year, like he was the youngest player to do almost everything <laughs> in the NBA. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to come in at 18 and be that good, I would say is unparalleled. Um, yeah, that's I, this is the first I'm hearing that news with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, too, so I'm still processing that. Uh, I. We'll have other talks with LeBron, too. I know I probably sound like I'm always super critical of LeBron. Uh, There's still part of me that with the decision to leave and kind of join a super team or whatever, uh, that's something that still maybe Kevin Durant's getting some flack for. I feel like we've kind of forgiven LeBron for that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wonder what what are we going to think if he does that again, you know, with a Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. That would be exciting to see. Right. you're talking about two top defenders in the league and then also great offensive players um, with a, a very young supporting cast. That would be awesome. But, like, how do we rank, you know, those championships then? Mm-hmm. Like we did with Kobe and Shaq. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, it'll... Um, I think... You know, going up against the Warriors, despite having Kawhi and Paul George, mm. you know, they've got two MVPs. They've got four All-Stars. Like, that's, you know, I wouldn't really look at that series and say either team has a big advantage. Sure. I might like the Lakers' top three in that scenario, yeah, but, but the, the Warriors team. have an additional All-Star. Right. And I think... You know, the Lakers may have to give up a lot of their supporting pieces to, to trade for Kawhi. Right. Um, so their supporting cast might not be as solid. So I would look at that series as maybe a coin flip and think, mm. you know, that would still be an accomplishment if LeBron were able to knock off the Warriors with that group. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good argument right there. Um, we are in a league where you, you have to contend with this Warriors team. Yes. And if you can't, then... You know what's the point? You might as well tank because exactly this, this team's almost unbeatable. Yeah. Um, the the only other thing I would say is again looking at these numbers that that we've compiled these top twenty lists. Again, I I wouldn't really give either guy a, an edge mm. over the other. I think they're pretty even. But the reason I I am with you where I still have Jordan with a slight edge more is is about the poor playoff performances. Mm. You know, I think LeBron's 2010 series against Boston, uh, especially after Game Game 3, you know, we mentioned Game 3 is on this list, but Game 5 was a real stinker, if I remember correctly. Uh, Just seemed real passive, and, 
you know, out of it. Uh, and then also the 2011 NBA Finals. Right. Is, you know, LeBron averaged, I think, around only 18 points a game, was super passive, wasn't nearly as effective at the all-around game as he normally is. You know, those two series are worse than any performance Jordan ever gave in the playoffs. Right. So, you know, you when you're comparing two guys, you can't only just compare their greatest performances, but also what's their floor? You know, right. the guy's ceiling is important, but then what was right. this guy at his worst? And I think Jordan at his worst was better than LeBron at his worst. Right, and I don't know if you'd agree. I'm, what I would say maybe is Jordan's worst would be 1995 Eastern Conference Finals against Orlando Magic, where uh, they they do end up getting beat by this Orlando Magic team, which we both agree is a great team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if they could have stayed healthy with Penny Hardaway and Shaq and a Horace Grant as a kind of early version of a stretch four, uh, could have actually contended and maybe knocked off the Bulls for some yeah. of the, the you know, 97, 98. But um, in 95, Jordan still was putting up pretty good numbers. We're talking about just at the end of some of the games, didn't make the right decision and maybe and the, had a turnover. And the overall there. efficiency wasn't as high. Right. It was in the low 40s. You right. know? And I looked over the 87 playoffs for Jordan as well, despite okay. putting up Big time numbers, sure, still the not as efficient. low efficiency. Right. Um, but, but again, with Jordan shooting in the forty percent, low forties, but he's still putting up thirty-five points a game, playing great defense, right. still averaging four or five rebounds, four or five assists. That's a really positive player, even at his worst. Right. Whereas LeBron, at his worst, you know, he's had some series. Um, against, you know, the 2007 NBA Finals. Now, again, this is really young LeBron. It right. might not be quite as fair to... Because yeah. Jordan was still in college at, at right. that age. And it's but, an accomplishment to get your team either yeah. to that Finals against the Spurs. But, but his efficiency was horrendous. Right. You know, in the 30s. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there are some out there of LeBron that's like, oh, I'm not even sure if he's a positive player in this series. Yeah. Whereas that's never a question mark with Jordan very good point yeah um but i yeah it is close it right. is it is extremely and, close you know two. again with with lebron still playing at such a high level maybe he's just gonna have so many more of those upper echelon performances that those lower end games don't end up mattering yeah if he's you know 40 years old and he has another 50 point game triple double <laughs> against probably still the Warriors at this point. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think we're going to have to have that conversation of, like, you know, even you could say Jordan was better for, like, a certain period of time, but if LeBron's going to have 20 years of this, because he almost seems like he's getting better in some aspects. He's not well, and I think as, uh, LeBron's yeah. mind and his you know, nearly like uh, you know photographic memory of things right. and his basketball IQ has made him uh, you know so good. I think the interesting thing again, looking over LeBron's stats, one of the things I noticed was you know in his early Cleveland days it was high volume, not necessarily great efficiency, right. because his team needed him to score and he didn't have a lot of great options around him. As soon as he went to Miami. It became low volume, higher efficiency. Right. You know, and because you've got Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, he started to, 
you know, change the way he played because of his person, surrounding personnel. And these recent Cavs years, I think, has been the perfect blend of both, right. where he's upped the volume again, but kept the efficiency. Yeah. So that's been that's been really interesting, and that was that was fascinating to see as I was going over all of that. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know if you had any other comments. That's pretty much all I have. Uh, that's pretty much it. Hopefully, uh, you guys have all enjoyed this uh, deep dive breakdown of uh, LeBron James's twenty greatest playoff performances, and we'd love to hear what you think in terms of the MJ verse LeBron discussion, please subscribe to our show. We are on iTunes under Duncan Dynasty, D-U-N-K-I-N, Dynasty, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y, two words. Uh, and uh, you can subscribe to our show uh, on, on Apple or your uh, podcast player of your choosing. Uh, if you can give us a rating on there as well, that'd be much appreciated. But uh, we're going to continue to try and bring you uh, some more NBA content uh, Maybe talk about uh, a little bit about the draft, which is coming up soon. Uh, we've got free agency, which should be very exciting, as it always is in the NBA. And uh, maybe we'll start to break down some of these classic series if we get a chance to uh, to, to watch some of those and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, discuss that as well. But, uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and have a great day. This is Duncan Dynasty. Leftovers or... The DMV Number 97 Or House cleaning Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun Play over a hundred different games online For free from anywhere You could redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com Live the Chumba life No purchase necessary We're prohibited by law T plus terms and conditions apply See website for details Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.